0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many things you've already blessed us with all throughout this day. And now the blessed opportunity once again to get back in your word. Help us now as we continue our studies as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of A to Z in the word labor, we'll turn to Isaiah in chapter 65. reference here using the word labor we find pick it up in verse 17 now we know this is a prophecy that was given to the prophet Isaiah delivered to the children of Israel in Jerusalem as it reads in Isaiah chapter 65 verse 17 for behold I create new heavens and a new earth For the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Of course, this is a prophecy of the future that we have to look forward to as Christians, a a new heaven and a new earth. And he gets into a bit of prophecy concerning the millennial time as well as the eternal state in these verses as he continues. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the Sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed." Now this reference to dying at a hundred years old is during the millennial period. It's going to be so beautiful, so healthy of an environment to live in because it's going to restore all things for that thousand years and that you're so healthy that if you die at a hundred you'll still be considered a child. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain. In other words, you won't waste your labor. You'll be able to Enjoy the fruits of your labor during that millennial period. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth the trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy, in all my holy mountain saith the Lord. So during that thousand years, it's going to return the behavior of the animals back like it was at the beginning, before the fall of man, before sin came in. So there won't be that devouring one another and so forth because it says the wolf will lay down with the lamb and feed together so the wolf will be eating the vegetation like the lamb will be eating the vegetation so and we'll be eating each other so that'd be a wondrous time during the millennial period so he first gets a look at what will be the eternal state in verse 17 and then he gets into the new heaven and the new earth and New Jerusalem and what it's going to be like during the millennial Kingdom Okay, that's uh, wondrous things to look forward to as Christians, that is for sure. And now if you will turn to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 3, we see another reference in the use of the word labor, a few verses here, pick it up in verse 20, it's Jeremiah chapter 3, and of course Jeremiah is another prophet delivering the word of God to the children of Israel. As it reads, "Surely, as a wife treacherously depart from her husband, so have ye dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel," saith the Lord. A voice was heard upon the high places, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel, for they have perverted their way, and they have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Behold, we. Come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. It would be awesome if the entire world would listen to that right there. Turn back from their backslidings. Turn to the Lord and come unto the Lord once again. Verse 23. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. They have their other temples, their other activities, their other Idols not seeking the Lord. You're not going to find salvation in anything other than through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. The one and only way of salvation. For shame hath devoured the labor of our fathers from our youth, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. We lie down in our shame, and our confusion covereth us, for we have sinned against the Lord our God, we and our fathers, from our youth even unto this day, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. That's where you got to start when it comes to Repentance you got to acknowledge it you got to recognize that you have sinned and that there is and that there is hope when you admit and confess your sins and turn to the Lord repent turn away from them and get that salvation because it says we come unto thee for thou art the Lord our God so turn away from that because he clearly put it back there Return, ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. That offer is there; is still there for us today. Turn away from those sins. Turn to the Lord, and He will heal not only our individual selves but the entire nations. All right, now jump on over to the New Testament, and we'll see here a reference. And the Lord teaching about the labor that you can get overburdened with when you try to work your way to salvation and when you are led by someone who likes to pile work on you, such as false teachers that the Lord was talking about, some of the Pharisees and Sadducees and some of the the high priests and the self-righteous bunch had had overburdened the people in trying to make them work their way to salvation. but the Lord puts it right here very clearly in Matthew chapter 11, picking it up verse 28, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The words of the Lord. When we take on more than we're supposed to have, we are overburdened. But when we take on what he wants us to take on, he will give us rest. As he clearly puts it here in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Sometimes we are so eager and anxious to do a good work that we wind up taking on more than we should, and we get weary in well-doing, and we get discouraged when we don't immediately see the benefits or the fruits of our labor because we have tried so hard and done so much and carried such a burden. But yet, many times we are carrying a burden that we're not even supposed to be carrying. Because if we truly listen to the guidance of the Lord, we truly listen to His words right here, we will have rest when we are doing the work that He really wants us to do. It might be a whole lot of it, yes, but it will be easy to carry because He's going to help carry the load. Let's read that again, starting with verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, the rest comes from him, relieving us of that pressure, of that heavy burden. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. That's the first thing. We've got to learn of him, what his ways are, and what he wants us to do. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's not going to put more on us than we can handle. When He's a part of it, He's going to carry the heavy load. And that's the key. When things come upon us and we try to carry it ourselves, we're going to be beaten down. We can't handle it. We got to have the assistance of the Lord to carry the burdens that he has for us to carry. And he gives us that great commission. He allows us to be a part of his work, which is so awesome that he does that. And as he told us there, it's his yoke. So we take on that. We help in that task, in that work. And he gives us the great commission. As we read so often in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. The commandments that He gave us, the commandments that is so important, and we teach that. We teach and preach. We share the gospel. We share the love that He has given us. We shine the light into this dark world. And we do those two great commandments that we go to regularly, where He says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And he said, The second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He told us those two great commandments. And when we do those two great commandments, it envelops all of it, pulls it all together fulfills it all so let's take that great commission like he emphasized once again over in the gospel of Mark as it reads over in Mark chapter 16 in verse 15 and he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature simple instructions go to everyone preach and teach We all have various circles of influence. Let's use them to the fullest to be the kind of testimony that we need to be, to present Jesus Christ everywhere that we go, to share the gospel, to preach and teach. Resistance out there? Yes, a lot of that. But the Lord experienced that, told us that we would. So don't be surprised when you have that. As long as we're doing what we're supposed to do, turn it over to the Lord be thankful that He's allowing us to be a part of His work and just keep at it. All right, now if we will turn to John in chapter 6, a few verses here concerning labor and how we need to focus in on what's most important. Right after the event of the Lord feeding the multitude, some of the folks came to Him. And he pointed out what their desire really was and wanted to teach them about what their desire really should be. As we see the event unfolding here in John chapter 6, verse 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone, howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, When camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat the loaves and were filled. He knew exactly what their motivation was. They were looking for that free handout. Isn't it sad how many people are actually doing that? The church helps folks and then they stay around just because they're receiving that help. They go to the church and they have that give me, give me, give me, give me, give me attitude instead of that what can I do to serve the Lord attitude. you got to seek the Lord. Not to give me, give me, give me for the selfishness to fill up their bellies. As it continues in verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. See, he gives us that opportunity to get into there, to be a part of that work, the labor that is going to really last for eternity. As he continues, verse 28, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? That was the right attitude to ask that question. Whether it was sincere or not, we don't know. But they did ask the correct question. And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So that's where it starts. When we truly believe in Jesus Christ... When we truly acknowledge Him as the ultimate authority, when we truly submit ourselves completely over to Him, and then it's our reasonable service that we should de- dedicate our entire existence to doing a work that He has available for us to do, whatever work that may be, and to do it to our fullest and do it and give Him all the honor and glory, not to take any of it for ourselves. Another key part of that, which a lot of people don't seem to be able to do, they like to have all the honor and the glory themselves, and then it just gets all burned up with the wood and hand of stubble. You got to do it right, you got to do it for the right reasons. All right, now look over at 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. Here we see some references to the various people doing works and trying to tag into to either Paul or Apollos. Some of the divisions that he was referring to here and some of the works and the quality of the works that we've made some reference to, we see that explained here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. And of course, this is the writings of Paul sent to the church at Corinth, which was dealing with some of these issues and some of this division and some of the works that were done just for self-pleasure, for self-glorification instead of the works that were really meaningful. In 1 Corinthians, picking it up in chapter 3, where it reads, And I, brethren, of course this is Paul saying this, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. starts out putting them straight, basically saying, y'all a bunch of kids. You haven't grown spiritually yet, so I have to address you, like a bunch of immature children. Verse 2 I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? The divisions that were already starting that early in the church, we see that around the world in all the various Christian beliefs. The divisions of the Christian denominations and so forth shouldn't be that way. Verse 5, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed? Even as the Lord gave to every man, like He's given everybody the opportunity to preach to teach, share the gospel in whatever aspect it may be, whatever degree it may be, in whatever circle of influence we have. Therefore, it's not that any individual is any greater than anyone else when they deliver the word of God. It's the word of God that is great; it is His work that is important, not our work. As He points that out here, we come together and work together. Verse six. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, Given all the credit to God. That is the key. We must always give God all the credit for the work that we do, the benefit of that work, the fruits of that labor, what helps others, we give God the credit, not take it for ourselves. Because there's others that been involved in it, the Holy Ghost primarily being involved in it, And he allows us to be connected with it. Don't try to to scoop up all the glory for yourself. I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So we don't have to worry about getting any kind of reward now because the reward is going to come later when the Lord rewards us all for our works. Yes, we will receive rewards and blessings that we can reap and enjoy and benefit from now. Yes, that's an extra benefit. But don't let that be your focus. Be focused on what you're going to have for eternity. Verse 9 For we are laborers together with God Notice, with God, not by ourselves, not with just a group, but with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the starting point. That's the foundation. Nothing else is going to stand. Nothing else matters. So we start with the foundation of Jesus Christ. He allows us to be one of the workers that is involved in building a building on that foundation. Verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Let's look at these. you got gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. If it's tried by fire, the fire is going to purify gold and silver and will not destroy the precious stones so the gold silver and precious stones will endure the test and the trial by fire but the wood hay and the stubble are going to be burned up they were works that were done that were not the right kind of works they didn't last they were done either for selfishness or done for self-glory are done for the wrong reasons to bring glory to somebody else, but not God. So they got to be done for the right reasons and done in the right way to be the right material and the right works. If any man's works abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And that is so awesome that He's given us not only the awesome, unspeakable gift of salvation; He also has other rewards in store for us. When we do the right kind of work, he allows us to be able to benefit even more in this lifetime, in the millennial kingdom, and for eternity. So awesome. So let's look at 15 there a little bit more. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. So what are you losing? You're losing the reward that you could have had if you did that work correctly. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire it's tested by fire but the fire is not going to destroy the individual the fire is going to destroy the works that were worthless but you are sealed by the holy ghost therefore you're saved even if you wind up being saved and then turn around and start doing a bunch of works that aren't any good because you're doing them for self-glorification or you're doing them for the wrong reason or you're doing them wrong and it all gets burned up you've lost the opportunity of having extra rewards that you can benefit from now and in the millennial period and for eternity But you haven't lost your salvation, which is very comforting to know. Even if we mess up and be doing some stuff that's worthless, we're still sealed. We're still part of the family of God. We've got to really zero in on what you want us to do, Lord, and then seek to do that. Not what you want to do yourself, but what the Lord wants you to do. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. See, when we have that connection, we just need to listen to the Spirit of God. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. A warning in here, letting us know we got to take care of the temple, we got to take care of ourselves by feeding it the right things, by feeding it the Word of God, by staying on the straight and narrow, by not abusing this temple. Let no man deceive himself if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world. Let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Like he says over there in Romans chapter 1 and verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So, don't latch on to the wisdom of this world. Latch on to the wisdom that God can give us. Then we know how to do the right works. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, and they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Got to get things in the right order. Got to get things in the right perspective. Got to get things in the right priority. And know that we have an awesome opportunity to be a part of the work of the Lord. And we need to do the kind of labor that He wants us to do to take on that yoke that will give us that rest, that give us that rest for our soul, that peace that passeth all understanding when we're doing exactly what the Lord wants us to do instead of doing what we want to do that's the challenge when you get it right what you want to do matches what the Lord wants to do then you're right in harmony because then what you want to do is to please the Lord and then you're in his perfect will and then it all comes together in in perfect harmony and you receive the maximum benefits and rewards that we can benefit from in this lifetime and roll over into the millennial kingdom, multiply them that much more, and then roll all of that over into the eternal state. So much available, so many opportunities, and it's all right there. He's got it all laid out for us. Let's get into it, let's be devoted to it. Let everything that we say, everything that we do always bring honor and glory to the Lord, not to ourselves. Do the right kind of works. Jesus Christ is the foundation, so build upon that the gold, silver, and precious stones. Stay away from that wood, hay, and stubble. Let the work be the work that the Lord wants us to be involved in. So be laborers together with God, not just laborers together with ourselves, just the group, but as he said there in verse 9, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Let's act like it and get busy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your work, the foundation that you have built for us to get involved in building upon. Give us all that motivation, all that knowledge and understanding and wisdom that we need to be able to do it right and always stay in your will get ourselves out of the way let you come forward thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus precious holy name amen thank you